You can do a search online and whatever search engine you use. There are all kinds of songs, popular songs, popular singers and groups that sing about reincarnation in some way, shape, or form. Check it out. But also I encourage you to go and read the rest of chapter 11 of John to get the whole story about Lazarus and his sisters and Jesus. And when Jesus says, come forth, check it out this week. How many here today believe in reincarnation? Well, let me tell you, some of you might as well raise your hands. Because according to the studies and according to the surveys, Christianity.com, 2015, that's right, not too long ago, 25% of the Christians that responded to that survey believe in reincarnation. One in four. So 25% of you must. Over that survey, Christianity.com, that's quite a few of you in this, this sanctuary, isn't it? There's 100 people. There's 25 that believe in it. Maybe not here, but in your circles and in your families, right? Absolutely. Me, oh my, I wonder, and I ask myself, have us pastors really failed again on another subject, another issue? A failure on another social issue for those within the church. Has our theology and understanding of the living Christ, yes, the living Christ who defeated death and sin, has it truly grown that old in us or in that cold and that dead that we as the Christians in America, 25% of us would believe and talk about and participate in these conversations of reincarnation? So what is it? Reincarnation is the rebirth. Rebirth of a soul. A soul into a new bodily form. Not that person coming back as that person again. But the rebirth of a soul into another new bodily form. Carrying no memories with it. No experience no past knowledge, no life experience. And if it was real, they'd still be a sinner. Still a sinner. Reincarnation does not do anything for the sinful nature of man, if it was real. Wow, something I want to sign up for, right? Not. The Word of God is clear about how there is only one life to live for humans and animals. Only one life. There is no nine lives. There are no do-overs. And reincarnation will never ever eliminate the problem of sin. And I share with you from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 18 through 22. For what happens to the sons of men also happens to animals. One thing befalls them. As one dies, so the other dies. Surely they all have one breath. Man has no advantage over animals, 
for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from the dust. All return to the dust. Who knows the spirit of the sons of men, which goes upward, and the spirit of the animal, which goes down to the earth. Major separation between humans and animals. Scripture is very clear about that. I just want to share a few things from the United Methodist liturgy for funerals. It says, dying, Christ destroyed death. Rising, Christ restored life. Christ will come again in glory. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I'm in life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Again, reincarnation, not possible. Jesus said, I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I hold the keys of hell and death. Because I live, you shall live also. Praise be to God. That's, that's the news we need to know. That's what we need to embrace. Not some idea that there's going to be a do-over or grandma's over there and that dog or that pig or whatever it may be. The grasshopper, the caterpillar. It's not possible. Jesus in his preaching, Jesus in his teaching, the things that he did, the healings, changing the water to wine, the things that were humanly impossible. Do you know that he never, ever called them a miracle? He never said, come watch me do a miracle. Hey, did you see that thing over there? I just did a miracle for that man. Jesus never, ever pointed those things out. He never used the word miracle. Have you ever thought about that? But the disciples said to use that language. Jesus called them the works of my Father. He didn't even claim it for himself. He said, they are the works of my Father. And again, I encourage you, read the rest of chapter 11. Jesus has always, and he will always oppose sickness. He will oppose illness. He hates disease. He hates to see us suffer. But yet here we have this passage where Lazarus, he died with this earthly sickness. The human body shut down and it died. Jesus arrives at the tomb. And it tells us that he'd been in the tomb for four days. I'm no expert on their ceremonies and funerals from back in that day, but surely it's not like you die and they throw you in the tomb ten minutes later. There's some burial preparation, their time and grieving and coming and viewing and all those type of things. So he's in the tomb four days. He'd been dead two, three days before that at least. Time of de decomposition, decomposing, a little extra aroma had to be soon to be smelled. But as you begin and as you look at the rest of chapter 11 on your own, you read more about Jesus. You read more about death. You read about the last enemy. 
the last enemy. And then you read about Lazarus. A glorious story, exciting moment. Lazarus is raised from the dead. You will not read anything about reincarnation. You will not read anything about reincarnation. And in verse 25, Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Jesus says we're going to live. He says we're going to live. What's he say we're going to do? Absolutely. We're going to live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You ask Martha and I ask you, do you believe this? Martha, do you believe? He didn't say, what's your opinion, Martha? What's the latest media report? What's your government telling you? He's like, Martha, do you believe? Do you hear me? She said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. She did not say, well, will Lazarus come back? If I believe, will you bring him back? If I don't believe, will you bring him back? She didn't offer a bargaining system with the Lord. No. She did not ask, well, when or where would Lazarus come back? How could I expect to see him? not going to be from the dead. It's not going to be from some animal. It's not going to be from outer space and somewhere proof out of the universe. Martha said, I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you are the one who has come into the world. And you, again, as you read the rest of chapter 11, you'll notice, yes, Lazarus, he is raised from the dead. He's not resurrected. He is raised from the dead. So what's the difference between raised and resurrected? Take some time to think about this because there is a major difference. Lazarus was raised from the dead. His body come up and he walked out of that tomb just as it was put in there. He, he was not ten years younger. He wasn't ten years older. But he was raised from the dead. He was no longer dead. He was still Lazarus as he was put in there. Lazarus as they last knew him and last seen him. He picked up life right where it left off. He still had a few years to live then because Jesus raised him from the dead. He still had a few years of earthly life to live. But in the resurrection, to be resurrected, that's when you take on the glorious new form as Jesus has done. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not him coming back in the bodily form of Jesus, you know, some 33-year-old young man. We celebrate the resurrection of the Son of God who defeated sin and death who lives, and who will return in that form, that resurrected form, that new beginning, that new life. 
big difference. Being big difference from just being raised from the dead, being a, your same old self, versus being that new creation by the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. That resurrection is going to be a whole lot better. We may wish that our loved ones wouldn't die, that they'd come back to life, but they're still going to be our loved ones and they're still going to be old. The Lord may heal them for a time, but they're still going to be old. They're still going to get sick again. They're, they're going to die eventually. You're going to die eventually. I'm going to die. We're all going to die this earthly death. But if you know Jesus, there's going to be a resurrection. There's going to be a new life. An eternal life. Eternal body. Perfect and holy. Perfect and holy. So that Lazarus, as he picks up his life, as the same person, as when it ended, at the same age, continues to live the earthly life. What a miracle. What a moment in time. What a blessing for Mary and Martha just to have that few more years with their brother. But the greatest thing that we need to look forward to is the resurrection you know, that resurrection of Jesus. And when there is that resurrection, now there's going to be the second coming. And then a new beginning. A new beginning. You're not going to be as you are now. You're going to either be resurrected in the name of Jesus or that newness, or you're going to be rejected by Jesus, and that will be a new beginning as well. You think life and things are awful now, you just wait. It's going to be a new beginning either way. So what type of new beginning do you want? I pray as a church that we'd want spiritual wholeness. I pray as a church that we would want to be that complete image of Jesus Christ. Even in the midst of our challenges and our uh, questions and our digging in of Scripture, that we would pursue that spiritual wholeness we would pursue the image in Christ-likeness and that we would pursue and anticipate one day we get to experience the resurrection and we get, out, we get out of here. We're out of here. And we have eternity at the heavenly banquet table. I'm excited about it. Let us pray. Father God, I pray that your word would give your church a holy boldness and a holy confidence to live for Christ, to speak of Christ, to let their actions reflect Christ's likeness. Yes, we don't always have the answers on, a, on our hips, but yet we have your word that we can turn to. We can turn to you in prayer, we can turn to your living word, and we can search. And we can go back to having our conversations, and that we would begin our conversations by saying, this is what God's word says. According to God's word, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he has helped us realize this and understand this, and it is according to God's word that these things are as they are. So Lord, I pray for a new day in your church. I pray for a new day in your people. And only you, you, Lord, can make it happen. 
I pray that we are willing to allow you to do these things that need to be done. In the name of Jesus, this I pray. Amen. Let us stand.